Let's continue to pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that's ours now. As we open up your word, as we look at the statements of Jesus over these coming weeks, these I will statements, these, these promises, these incredible principles. And I just pray, Father, that you open up our minds, that you would enlarge our level of understanding, that you would give to us insights, divine insights into your word today. And so, Father, I pray for each one that's gathered here, And all those that are watching online, Lord, that they would each one experience you in a very beautiful and bountiful way today. Bless your word now, Lord. Use me as your vessel. For I pray in the name of Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, happy Canada's weekend. Did everybody have a good weekend so far? Gorgeous weather, right? unbelievable weather. It's just been wonderful to be able to get outdoors and enjoy some of that that beautiful warmth, the breeze, the waters, anything possible just to be able to enjoy God's great creation around us. You know God loves you so much, doesn't he? Do you know that? God loves you, and we love one another. We love you as pastors. And we know very well that God has something very special to say for us and to us over this coming weeks of summer. And we're excited today to sort of launch this. And, and I believe, along with Glenda, I know Fred and Carolyn Reed, our incoming pastors, feel the same, that these weeks that we're going to share together are going to have a tremendous impact on our lives. These declarations that Jesus makes will guide and direct our choices, our decisions, and our related and corresponding responses as we not just acknowledge them as statements, but as we begin to really claim them for our own. And I think that's the challenge. Any time that we read scripture is to understand, to actually claim it. It's more than just words on a page. It's alive and it's something for us to actually take in. To, 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 to have tremendous value of. Not just statements and sentences. Raise your hand. Actually, let's all raise our hands for a second. Everybody raise your hands. That's it. That's it. Now put them down. No, 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 no. Put them up. Put them down if you've never had any difficulties in life. Now look around. Do you see anybody with hands down? Marion's even just fl- fluttering her fingers there. Oh, you can put them down now. Put them back up. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> we all have difficulties, don't we? We all have tremendous trials in life. We all have hardships that we experience. We can be overwhelmed by the things of this world. We're overwhelmed sometimes when things just don't go right the way in which we want them. We all go through these periods of weariness, of difficulty and struggle. It's part of life. But God has a solution for us. He understands the hardships. He understands the times in which we're going to experience. But now he provides for us in this beautiful passage that I'm going to share with us today, his solution to the hardships, to the weariness. And it's found in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. Let's read it together. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. You can't see that? Too small? I want you to read it with me. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Perhaps you've read that portion of Scripture many, many times over. You've read it, you've appreciated it, but you've never really experienced what that verse is saying. Glenda and I, when we were ordained in 1990, yeah, we're that old. 1990, we were ordained. And in our very first church, as we were moving towards putting in this, up this new building, up this new church, in the sanctuary, at that time, it was very popular to have scripture that was being inscribed on the, on the back wall of the, of the platform or the stage of the, of the sanctuary. But we felt we wanted to be a little bit more creative than that. We wanted it to actually be within some modern stained glass. And in our first church, we had these windows like these on either side. And on those windows were this contemporary stained glass of these verses. Come unto me, all you are weary, and I will give you rest. It was interesting when we did that, the person that did this artwork, spelt the word Matthew wrong, and had to do it all over again on the one side. But as I thought about this passage of Scripture, it doesn't matter whether or not it was in the early 90s, or whether or not it's today in 2022, the reality of what we need to do, and how we need to come to Him, when we want to experience rest, still applies today. The hardships and the burdens of life continue. They may change somewhat. We may experience them in a different way, but they're still very much real for us as people and as children of God. We all experience it. It might be in different ways and different reasons. Sometimes we can point to a significant factor of weariness, but many times we may not be able to do that. Our weariness can result from the complexities of life, it can result from physical frailties or emotional trauma or heartbreaks. And weariness, yes, can be the consequence of some of the sin in our lives. And because our burdens and weariness so often are not just simple realities, they're not, they're not relieved by simplistic platitudes, if you know what I mean. Such as cheer up, or, or things are going to turn around. Those kinds of responses fall short to the true relief and the full recovery that Jesus wants us to experience when he says this statement and shares this promise. For here's the good news. This promise from Jesus can bring relief to the most complex of burdens and their heaviness. When we believe in the most significant power, this is it, friends, this is the message, this is the key thought, the power that's behind the promise. See, this power is strong enough, it's hopeful enough, it's refreshing enough for what we could possibly need. You read this with me, now let me read it again. Listen to this, close your eyes. Come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light.
when we read this promise, there seems to be a simplicity that is, is unusual and yet refreshing. You see, Jesus doesn't offer us some fourfold path to peace giving enlightenment like Buddha. He doesn't give us five pillars of peace through submission as Islam does. Nor does he outline ten ways to relieve your weariness from some self-help book or some material. No. Jesus offers something far more. I was reading an article this week by a gentleman by the name of John Bloom. This writer, he says this. And he says, unique to anyone else. And I would say unique to any other faith, unique to any other religion, unique to anyone else in human history, Jesus simply offers himself as the universal solution to all that burdens us. He's more than a man. He's divine. He's God-man. He's truly and properly God and truly and properly man. And he offers us something very unique in terms of a solution. And that is how, the way in which he offers himself to us. So he says, come. Come to me. What, what an invitation when you think of and knowing who Jesus is as the very son of God, he invites you and me to come to him. First and foremost, we come to him and we, we realize that that's the first step of acknowledging him as a savior, redeemer, and Lord. And then as believers, we continue to come as we, we tap into the promise and the power of this promise. We come. But that's a responsibility. And friends, that's a choice that you and I have to make. And we often see that in Scripture, that we have to make a step before God can fulfill His promise. And in this one, He actually says to us, come to me. Come. And when you think of this, when you think of this, the only way that this is not absurd and ludicrous is if Jesus is who He claims to be. The eternal Word of God made flesh. He who demonstrated God's divine power when he was resurrected from the dead, which, by the way, is the same power that's available to you and I as we live life. Come to me. Come to me, he says, which implies a power that is more than sufficient to lift what weighs you and I down. To appreciate that, we need to understand the context of this promise. Earlier on, if we were to read in Matthew 11, he begins to rebuke certain cities and towns. He rebukes the town of Shorzen, and he rebukes Bethsaida. And then in Matthew 12, one chapter later, he rebukes the religious leaders. For each one of the towns and these religious leaders, they had seen the miraculous work that Jesus did, but they still refused to believe in him. They still refused to believe. See, when Jesus said, come to me, he meant, believe in who I claim to be and therefore what I'm able to do for you. If we understand who he is as the one true God who came to this earth to die for our sins, if we really believe on who he is, then we're going to find relief. We're going to find rest for our weary souls. And I think, you know, just like the communities and the leaders of today, this is where the heavy burden of our souls is tested. 
The question is, will we believe? Will we believe him enough when we come to him that he's going to provide us with rest? Can we trust him enough to believe when we put our full trust in him, he's going to relieve us of the hardships that we're experiencing? In our own humanity, we want to, we want to resolve our weariness. We don't like it, do we? Do we? we? We want to find rest. We want to find the way out. In fact, we want to know exactly when the burden is going to be lifted. But Jesus does not provide those details. He simply tells us, and he simply promises us, that our burdens will be addressed in the best way at the best time. And the reason he can say that, and we can accept that, is because of who he is. And then he says, not only come to me, he says, I'm going to give you rest. Come to me, I'm going to give you rest. There's this, this direct relationship between coming to him and experiencing rest. See, our souls only find rest, as we sang earlier, in hope. In hope, be still my soul. In you alone, I will find hope. That's where we, we frantically are looking for rest in our souls and the burdens of our lives. And the only way in which we're going to find that is in the word hope. When we find ourselves restless, we're searching for hope. But the hope that our culture provides is a false hope. It provides a temporary distraction, or at best, masking the realities of our burdened souls. The possessions that we own, the pleasures that we experience, the position that we may have, the popularity of life. It's not long-lasting. It doesn't give us a hope to hang on to. It's temporary. In fact, all those things can so often create the opposite response and can create more weariness. One of the things that I've learned is to rest in God takes time. And I'm still learning it. And it's a process. It's like an onion when you begin to peel it and you, you find one layer after another layer after another layer. And it's the same kind of experience as we continue, God continues to reveal more and more of how we can find rest in Him. To learn and to enjoy what that experience is with Him. Discovering His rest is truly a lifelong journey. But it only gets better and better if you let it. Friends, I believe that Jesus is the answer to every question, every concern, every fear, every need that you and I have. Everything. Our burdened souls only find true rest in one place. Now the psalmist tells us about this. Psalm 62 verses 5 to 7 says this. Yes, my soul, find rest where? In God. My hope comes from, from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, and we've been talking about that, and we're going to conclude our service with that acknowledgement. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my rock and my refuge. Jesus and Jesus alone is our salvation. He is our mighty fortress. He is our rock. Our place of rest and refuge. He's the one that provides every answer to every concern that we'll ever have. 
And so he simply and lovingly offers himself. For our hope is found in him. He wants to provide us rest. What does he want to provide us rest from? What does he want to provide rest for you? In what area in life? Maybe it's fear. And today there's all kinds of fears in our world, aren't there? All kinds of things that create some anxiety and anxiousness for us. Whether or not that's the conflicts and the wars and the shootings. The economy. Fears. He wants to give us rest over discouragement. We can feel despair and at times like giving up. He wants to give us rest over addictions. He wants to give us victory over addictions. God can take that addiction and crush it. He wants to give us rest in our times of confusion. And certainly we're living in a day of tremendous confusion. What's right? What's wrong? What's truth? He wants to give us rest. But when we try to handle those burdens on our own, when we try to carry them on our own, we're going to find ourselves over and over and over again coming up empty. And if I was really candid with you, friends, like we always try and be, when I've tried to do anything and everything on my own strength, it doesn't turn out very well. It doesn't turn out at all. When I'm heavy laden in my spirit, my mind, my will, my emotions, they can't function function because there is that weight on me that I just can't lift up myself. And as a result, it can cause me to feel down. It can cause me to feel depressed. It can cause me to feel anxious. All those negative things that we don't want in life. So God says, come, I'm going to give you a rest. But here's the best thing. Is that he tells, he tells us how he's going to do that. Later on in this portion of scripture, he says, by taking his yoke upon us and learning from him. Taking my yoke upon you, Jesus says. When you read that passage, and if you know anything about a yoke, a yoke is usually used for the purpose of doing work. A yoke is, is that apparatus that can be placed upon two animals like oxen and, and they would put that yoke on over their, their heads to create a greater power and greater strength to be able to plow fields or to pull a wagon. It would be for the purpose of rest, uh, of work, not rest. So is Jesus here telling us that he wants us to give us more work or is he talking about giving us rest? What work must we do that supposedly would give us rest? Jesus answers that in John 6, 29. And he says this, this is the only work God wants from you. Here it is. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe in the one he has sent. And then he goes on to say, in John 15, 4, abide in me. It's this, this branch that's crafted into the tree, this vine that's crafted into the branch. Believe and abide. That really is all the work that God is requiring of us to experience weary, uh, rest in our weariness. Faith, believing and abiding, is resting on the hopeful promises of God. That is the yoke that God is calling each and every one of us to do and be a part of. And what's happening here is this incredible yoke exchange. On the cross, Jesus takes our unbearable heavy yoke of sin and all of its condemnation and penalty and offers us an exchange with this easy yoke and a light burden by simply trusting him. He does all the work and we get all the rest. 
And his work not only fully addresses our sin problem, but it also provides the supply of every other need that you and I will ever have. All we require to do is trust him. And if that wasn't enough, in becoming human and dwelling among us, Jesus makes it possible for us to learn from him how to live by faith. How to live and how to walk by faith. That's why the author in Hebrew tells us, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Believing in him, abiding in him, following his steps. That's the light, light yoke Jesus calls us to put on. It's the only yoke. The only yoke in existence that's actually going to provide us rest for our souls. As I said earlier, we all bear burdens. We're all testimonies to that as we raised our hands. We become weary, sometimes in different ways, different reasons, and, and often at different times. And when we're weary or when we're discouraged, it's in those moments that we're not necessarily the best teachers to our souls. When I'm weary, I'm not the best one to speak to myself. I need others in my life. I need others to gather around me. I need others that can support me that can correct me, can bring perspective. Because often weariness distorts perspective, doesn't it? We need others to speak truth to us and help us along in our faith. That's why scripture talks about us not to neglect meeting together. That's why we're promoting and encouraging people with the Wednesdays and the Word. That's why we promote so very often our small group ministry is the importance of being together to keep on encouraging one another. It's so important. So very important. So if you're weary, for whatever reason, however complex, Jesus invites you to come. Come to take his light yoke of believing in him, where you will find rest for your soul. I want to conclude just with a short story that really summarizes today's lesson. I was reading this week, um, some of you would know the, the author and pastor, Tony Evans, uh, in the early days of his ministry, he was very much a part of Promise Keepers. But Tony Evans is an incredible man. He has a blog. And I was reading a portion of his blog, and he shared this story, which really relates so extremely well with our lesson for today. And it's the story of a ship by the name of the Palakino. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that ship. And it was one of the most unwanted boats in the world. Unwanted? Yeah, unwanted for over two years, this ship floated in the open seas. No port would accept this ship. This massive ship was turned away from some 11 countries. It wandered the Caribbean, West Africa, sailed the Mediterranean, and roamed the Indian Ocean. It was only allowed to dock long enough to refuel, and then it got sent back to the seas. The reason for this wide-scale rejection of the Palicano is because in 1986, the city of brotherly love, which is Philadelphia, its sanitation workers went on strike for an entire month. Now, you can only imagine the amount of garbage and trash that was accumulated in one month in a city of that size. 
And at first, they tried to ship all this trash to one of the states, Ohio or Georgia, but none of the states would, 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 would accept it. They refused it. And so what Philadelphia ended up doing was incinerating their trash into 28 million pounds of scrap and ash. And they dumped it into the belly of this ship, which was later known as the Palatino. The ship became an infamous, infamous floating garbage dump with megatons of rotting trash containing toxic elements from arsenic to lead. No nation around the world wanted the Palacano anywhere near them. It had a cargo of trash that they just could not get rid of. Friends, life has a way of unloading its junk on us. Due to our sins, circumstances, and also because of the things others may have done to us, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, we get burdened under the weight of trash. And in fact, over time, this trash that accumulates becomes, if it's not dealt with, it becomes toxic. It produces fumes of anger and guilt, pessimism, fear, despair, bitterness, and so on. And so we end up, we end up floating from maybe one person to another person, or from one situation to another situation, or from one church to another church, only to discover that we get to hang out long enough to get some fuel, but no longer than that. Because no one wants our trash. Perhaps there are those that can really identify with the Palacino today. Perhaps feeling a little aimless, exhausted, and weary under a heavy burden. You see, weariness dictates how you feel and what you will do. Weariness means you are no longer can relax you're no longer able to be at home with who you are. You've lost that sense of peace. But Jesus says that he offers freedom from what weighs you down. This freedom is, is defined in one great word that, that, that is spoken of in John chapter 14, verse 27, where Jesus talks about peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. It's all wrapped up in this element of rest and peace. The absence of agitation and discord. Jesus says he has come to give you rest. He gives you a place to dock. Not to just refuel. Not to be sent out on your own again. But a place to unload. To experience rest. Come to me, all you are weary, heavy laden, burdened, stressed out. You can add the words and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus tells us that we can replace our trash with his yoke. He says if we yoke up with him, if we yoke up with him, we're going to be able to learn from him, and we're going to be able to find the rest that we desperately crave. We can find the freedom that we need See, Jesus only wants you to experience the fullness of life. And it's only through him that you're going to be able to do that. And so I'm going to invite Cam and Philly, worship team, to come. and We're going to sing this song that Kim's playing over. Come to the altar. There is a place here that you can kneel. We encourage you. You can kneel at your seat. You can stand where you are.
However you feel God's spirit moving in your own heart this morning and the weariness that you might be wrestling with in your own life. Pull up to the dock. Pull up to the understanding of what Jesus wants to do. Don't let the weariness of life continue to hold you down, suppress you, burden you, weigh you. Release it to him. And he will fulfill his promise to you today. Let's sing together.